Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Remarkably Us, the podcast. I'm your host, Shelly Rome, sober gal living in Southern California, navigating the ins and outs of life. After what we'll call the great breakdown of 2019, I've been journeying through self-discovery, sobriety, trauma, divorce, relationships, all of the above. In this podcast, I'll have solo episodes where I talk about my life, the things that I am dealing with, have dealt with, and all of the tools I've collected in maintaining a consistent environment for self-growth, love, and discovery. Everything. We'll also hear from others who are breaking barriers and climbing incredibly tough mountains, all from the lens of a previous hot mess and now a slightly more put-together disarray. So... Get ready to get inspired and motivated to laugh and to cry, but most importantly, to love a little. Let's jump right into it. So the weather is starting to get nicer. Clothes are starting to get smaller and I'm having traumatic flashbacks from last summer. (laughs) Just kidding, kind of. What I really love about the beginning of the blog and the website And the podcast is being able to share just how much of a continuous journey this has been for me. It's funny because I work in QI, which is basically continuous improvement, which is also what I'm trying to do in my life. (laughs) So my summers, since I have been working through sobriety, have both come with relapse. So I'm a little nervous going into this summer, to be very honest. And I did a blog about summertime sobriety. And so I really wanted to just dive into that and and talk about it. I am confident that I have the tools moving forward to help. So what I touched on is that this will be my third summer on my journey through sobriety. And everything in my life looks different now. It's been a few years. I've collected a lot of resources, made a good amount of mistakes, had a few relapses, started therapy again, shed some tears, and had a lot of laughs. But because each of these summers are really big kind of milestones in my sobriety, And I had a really different outlook each year. I want to touch on them so that I can really relate to the different stages of self-growth and sobriety, whatever it may be that you're at right now. I have a few roller coaster stories from the last couple of years and some really great tips I've learned along the way. I hope that you guys can't hear it. My dog is losing her mind in the background, needing attention. So hopefully that doesn't come through. Otherwise I'll edit it out. (laughs) I'm going to give you a little dive into the last two summers. What I learned specifically don't date in friend groups and what tools I'm taking into this summer. That first summer, I was just beginning to work through the realization that alcohol and drugs played a huge part in my life. Everything that I did revolved around drinking. It started, I did a 30 day no drinking challenge and it was a big eye opener. It was very apparent that when I started to remove it, 
just how much my life revolved around it. Whenever I would have a day off or get done with work early or the weather was perfect on the weekend, my first thoughts were, let's get a drink. Most of the people that I was around were still really heavily drinking. I was married still to a very heavy drinker. I had no idea what a life even outside like of the drinking culture that runs our society looked like. We go out of town for the weekend. You stop at a bar. We go on the boat. You bring beer or champagne. It's hot outside. Take beer to a pool or the beach. It was consistently around me. And so it's like I was just kind of grappling with the thoughts of maybe alcohol and drugs are playing a bigger role than I want them to. Maybe I'm more dependent on them while also constantly surrounded by drugs and alcohol. So all of this is swirling around while like everybody in my life was heavily drinking summertime drinking. Now I drank a few times in that first summer, twice to be exact, each time further and further instilling in me that for my happiness, I needed to give it up. What's really important here is that this was the very beginning phase for me. I walked into that first summer blind. I was a wreck, especially those first six months. I had no tools. I hadn't even picked up a sobriety book yet. I was a, I was like baby sober. (laughs) I was a sober baby and had no idea if I actually wanted to commit myself to it. It, it seemed so daunting, alcoholic, sobriety, AA, all of these things. (laughs) It's like, so I wasn't talking about it with anyone. It was just this constant weight on my shoulder, knowing that I had a problem. I couldn't stop at one. All of my issues that I never dealt with were bubbling up to the surface. I didn't really tell anyone anything. You know, that first summer, I wish I had voiced my concerns and my thoughts sooner. Part of me is like, well, I wouldn't have even voiced anything because I didn't even really know just how serious it was and if I even really wanted to quit drinking. But I wish I would have been brave enough to admit that I was struggling. I was struggling alone. I was embarrassed and didn't even know where to start. I thought about rehab, about AA. I I didn't feel like I had anyone to talk to that would even get it. If you go through a period of time, specifically right at the beginning, you're really vulnerable. Reach out to someone. It can be really scary, but find someone to talk to. My ears and my inbox are always open. So what I came out of summer number one with, well, one less husband (laughs) and the absolute realization that I needed to be sober. It wasn't an option anymore. Once you give yourself a period of time without substances, a prolonged period of time, like more than 15, 30 days, You can't really take that back, especially if you're struggling with addiction. You're going to learn 
a few things. Now, that leads us into the second summer. Last summer, I was separated, trying to finalize my divorce, quarantined alone in an apartment with a dog during the middle of a worldwide pandemic and dating. (laughs) And let me just say this. I went into 2020 basically having sworn off relationships. I was slightly traumatized by my failed marriage. So I told myself and my friends that I was going to do a year, no beards. This is exactly what I said. I said a year, no beards because I said no beards because I really love a good set of facial hair on a man, tattoos and facial hair. And my experience dating women had never left me as traumatized as my relationships with men. So I wasn't about to go writing women off, but men, yes. Anyways, so I had sworn off dating men, was focusing on myself, living my best quarantine life. It was honestly the best thing for me to have just come out of a four-year relationship, trying to figure out my sobriety and who I was, all of that. I had been using the newfound solo time to start to add tools to my sobriety toolbox for the first time. I had the books, my favorite podcasts, and was really making sure that I was sitting with my sobriety. So yeah, inside my apartment alone with like my cups of chamomile tea and books, I was easily sober. There were no temptations. It was simple. I was like, shit, I got this, but I wasn't going outside. Everything was closed. And then boys. So slowly but surely, word began to trickle out that I was single and texts, messages, calls, DMs all started to creep in. My need for external validation didn't help here. So I was a sitting duck with all the attention and not just boys, like the Achilles heel of boys, light skinned tattooed chef's kiss of men. Glorious. So here I was minding my own business when all of a sudden I'm running around San Diego like a 22 year old with no sense. I'm out till 2 a.m. at house parties at Airbnbs. I'm on fucking jet skis on the beach in the middle of the day. Kind of no sense. 22 year old Shelly was back. And it was in a way refreshing to be out around town and living a life that I hadn't lived in so many years. I mean, I had just really barely quit drinking a year before this like wild summer, right? This was the summer after my first summer. This was my first single summer. My, all of that was first. So my last few really heavy drinking years were when I was in a serious relationship or married. It had been a long time since I felt young and wild and free. The problem was I had built up my sobriety toolbox for being alone in my apartment. 
And I had really just started to crack the lid with my past traumas and deep rooted issues for the first time, like ever, like I had just, just started kind of opening the box of like to my childhood. I made it to like year four before all of this. I had no idea how to deal with staying sober while out in the world and dating, meeting people. I was walking into a landmine. I wasn't prepared. All of the attention and being out, having a wild summer like I had before I met my ex, it all got the best of me. I ended up relapsing. There was about two weeks that I was drinking and doing drugs again. It was like an out-of-body experience. Part of me thought, maybe I could drink again. Look, everybody else is doing it. After the fog of those boys and that summer ran its course, those situations I was in, they all ended. I was left on the other side of that hot mess summer surrounded by a big cloud of dust wondering what the fuck just happened I'm like looking around like I relapsed I was sneaking drinks finding the group that I knew always had the drugs I liked and hating myself I was like fuck it's like a hundred steps back from how I went into the summer after a quick detox a few days of self-reflection took a really long, hard look in the mirror and added some more tools to my toolbox. A lot of tools. I also blocked all those boys numbers. So what I came out of summer number two with was a few less phone contacts and some major boundaries an ass load of hard nose and a desire to be that sober girl, a desire to be that girl with no shame and no remorse to own my sobriety and own who I am. That desire to never dull parts of myself again, especially the parts that make me incredible, the parts that have made me resilient and strong, the desire to be the sober girl and be okay with being the sober girl. This has taken work and it honestly took a year to finally be grasping that and those quote unquote labels. It's hard sometimes to be the sober girl. It's hard to hear questions like, is it okay if I drink around you? Or do you mind if I bring beer? Or there's going to be alcohol there. Is that okay? And while there's nothing wrong with these questions and it's incredibly thoughtful to have people in your life really ask them and mean it. It still kind of stings though. Like I'm the one that needs a little extra attention. There's Shelly sober. We, you know, should we separate the alcohol from the non-alcoholic drinks? Like just in case, you know, she's tempted. I never want to feel like anyone is walking on eggshells around me, but what I've practiced and continue to practice is being a hundred percent open and honest with people in my life, new or old, what my boundaries are and why they're there. So what 
I'm coming into summer number three with. Here we are. <laughs> we get to summer number three. And like I said, I'm pretty fucking nervous. I'm, I have such an incredible support system and my life looks very different than it did even a year ago, even six months ago. With all of that said, I've learned quite a few things over the last few years. So here are some of my tips for rounding into the summer and maintaining your sobriety. Even if you aren't 100% sober, you can still get something from this. It's all about healthy boundaries and setting yourself up for success every single day. If I can get through these last what the fuck filled summers, <laughs> you can do it too. So write these down or go to my blog where I've listed them out as well, but I want to dive into them here. The first one is non-alcoholic beer and wine are my absolute 100% party go-tos. No one wants to be like that person at a party holding a bottle of water all day and all night. Sometimes you don't want to be that person. It can get boring. Just because you aren't drinking alcohol doesn't mean you automatically lose out on all these great tasting liquids. There are some absolutely amazing non-alcoholic beers, rosés, champagnes, and wines. That market has come a long way. It's not just O'Doul's anymore. There are IPAs, craft beers, rosés, champagnes. You want a mimosa? There's What's to say that you can't have a mimosa in the morning with brunch. Do it with non-alcoholic champagne. I guarantee it tastes very similar. And then you won't be passed out at 2 p.m. <laughs> They're so tasty. And when poured into a glass, they look the same and taste, taste just as good without drunk texting your ex at 1 a.m. or waking up without your pants and in a ditch somewhere. <laughs> There's also some new, well, new for me, alcohol-free liquor alter alternatives that I saw on Instagram, and I'm jumping on this. I can't wait to go find them and, and stock up because I want to sit by my pool this summer and drink a fucking margarita or a whiskey Coke, and there's no alcohol in it. What? For me, it's honestly, I want to be fancy still, so... <laughs> I'm going to try all these new alcohol-free liquors and I'll let everybody know what I think. I mean, what a great way to get the fun drink with all the negative side effects. My tip, when you're at the store and you see some N.A. Rosé or beer, grab them and keep them at home. Frey is my, it's um, capital F-R-E, is my favorite non-alcoholic um, wine, rosé, and champagne brand. Pick some up, and when you get that last-minute barbecue invite or decide to go lounge by a pool, throw those in your bag with some Solo cups, and you get to have your poolside brew without a hangover. Number two, limit your events. Summer means everyone is always doing something. That doesn't mean that you have to. Know your limits and know when you've had enough and need some QT alone time. I promise there's going to be a barbecue next weekend. 
I'm getting so much better at this. And I think last year I would have done better, maybe not relapsed, maybe, I don't know, but if I would have been okay saying, Hey, I'm fucking exhausted. And when I'm exhausted, I'm not doing my routines. I'm not waking up for my morning run and everything else kind of slips. So I'm going to sit today out. I'll see you tomorrow. But I didn't have the courage to say any of that. So I pushed it and I pushed myself into a corner. There will be going something going on tomorrow and the next day and next weekend, next week, the weather will be nice. Relax and make time for yourself. Three, my favorite quick boundaries. I mean, do I need to say any more? Know them, respect them, and make sure the people around you know them and respect them. If they don't, they need to go. Four, maintain your routines. I know I talked about this in the last episode or one of the episodes, and I talk about it on my blog. Routines are crucial for daily success. During the summer months, when the days are long, the mornings are kind of rushed more than normal because you wake up, the sun's already up. There's all, it's already nice out. There's nothing really to like wait around for. Our routines can fall behind with me. Like I said, if I'm off my routine for more than a couple days, I lose it. And it's a slippery slope to maintaining my overall balance. Take that extra 10 minutes in the morning to breathe and set your intentions for the day. I promise it'll be worth it. And if mornings aren't really your thing, make sure you're ending the night that way or give yourself a break in between the afternoon events and the nighttime events. Step away for 15 minutes, do a quick meditation, go for a walk alone with no phone or at least a phone and listen to music, but no messages, no phone calls. Give yourself a minute to catch your breath and slow down. The world doesn't pause. It doesn't stop. That doesn't mean that you can't pause or stop. Five, Continue to feed into your brain sobriety literature, sobriety literature, and talk about your journey. The worst thing that I did was diminish the importance of my sobriety last summer. Because in diminishing that to the people that I was spending time with, I diminished it within myself when I didn't make it important to the people that I was hanging out with, I in turn didn't make it important to me. If the people around you aren't people you think can handle that, you're with the wrong people. And if you're struggling, talk, listen to the podcasts on the way to the beach or the lake or the mountains or wherever you're going this summer. Keep your journal close. Speak up if you're struggling. If meetings are your thing, there are a ton of online supports, online support systems at the tip of your finger. I linked them in my resource page on my website as well. There's tons of online resources, 
bookmark them, save them, make sure that when you take those 15 minutes, check into a quick meeting, call somebody, talk to someone, you know, or not on your walk, not in your walk, (laughs) but make sure that you're talking about your journey. Talk about it. Number six, find sober friends or like-minded friends. If you're not hundred percent sober, just people that are like-minded. It's really tough to realize people that were once in your life might not fit anymore with your new lifestyle and all the work that you've put in. It's also really tough to acknowledge when somebody new might not be the best thing for you. Who you, who you surround yourself with is so important. Find people that want to spend a summer enjoying the things that you do. Find them and cherish them. Okay, my dears. So we have non-alcoholic beer and wine, limiting events, maintaining boundaries and routines, continuing to feed your sobriety and self-care literature, talking to others about what's going on with you, talk to me, talk to somebody, and finding your like-minded people. Don't date in friend groups. (laughs) Dumb. Let's see. Don't use sex as validation. (laughs) Don't diminish your needs. I think that about covers it (laughs) for today. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for listening. If you want some additional content or want to reach out, follow me on Instagram at Remarkably Us. You can also check out my website, remarkablyus.com for my blog, quick tips and episode links. If you think this episode would help anyone, please share, share, and share. Be kind and never forget how wildly capable you are. Till next time. Bye.